This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Ponco Chicken. Ponco Chicken, if you did not already know, is a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine. Uh, there are stores, if you're not familiar, um, all around the Atlanta area. Uh, there's one in Marietta now. There's one in Buckhead. There's one in Shambly. There's one in uh, Midtown. They're popping up everywhere because Ponco is awesome and uh, they're like family. So um, go check out Ponco if you have not already. It is the home of the award-winning Japanese American Chicken Tender. Just to brag on them a little bit more, they were Verizon Super Bowl Live top-selling vendor, three-peat Taste of Atlanta award winner. Um, Midtown Alliance Best Taste winner. Just they won all the awards because Ponco is great and Ponco is delicious. So if you are in the Atlanta area and are looking to try something new and good and delicious, go check out Ponco Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. Uh, also, if you have not already, go check out chasemonspodcast.com. It's where all of my episodes to all of my podcasts are, all of my writing that I do, uh, more information on me and who I am um, and why you should be listening to this podcast and reading my work and all of that great stuff. Go do that. Go to Chase Thomas Podcast today. If you're an Apple podcast listener, go ahead and leave me five stars and a rating and a review. That's great. I need it. Um, it helps the show continue to grow and all of that good stuff. Um, you can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, like I said, Apple, Google Play, everywhere where you can get your podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast will be there. So go do that today um all right i think that's everything we can get into today's episode uncle darren let's go chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right welcome back to the chase thomas podcast we're taping this on a monday or actually not even monday it's tuesday what is today i don't know it's the we're it, in quarantine it doesn't season. Matter. i don't know what day it is anymore <laughs> It's uh, it's it's whatever. But you know, Eric Thompson of the Daily Norseman is here. Da- uh, Eric, are you familiar with what day it is? Can you help me out? What day is today? Is it Tuesday? It it is Tuesday, but I had to hover over the my laptop. You know, that's basically how I check what day it is every day. Now it's like, okay, I th- and it it's does it matter anymore? That's the thing. It's like, yeah, okay, maybe you work from Monday through Friday, but is Saturday and Sunday any different at these days? No, you just know you just stay inside, stay inside, and try to get uh, retain your sanity for X amount of days uh, already that we've done, and even more to come. What has uh, been your most ridiculous, I'm bored of on my mind activity that you've done since you've been quarantined? Um, I haven't got too extreme besides maybe dusting off like really really old video games this the okay. one thing i was like i i had i had finally convinced my wife like okay we need to upgrade in the video game department like something to keep our daughters busy mm. you know it'd be perfect a switch unfortunately every other parent had that idea already and so you can't ac- actually buy a switch right now unless you want to pay like 500 bucks on amazon so is that really how I, much they cost God, what was i playing the other day i was like i was playing well, no, they're only like three hundred bucks retail, but now that they're all sold out in stores, that they're, uh, they're they're hitting third party stuff. So it's it's the whole supply and demand stuff. Huh. But um, yeah. So I have my my most recent console is Xbox three hundred and sixty, which has got to be eight, seven, eight years old now. And I think I was playing some FIFA fifteen the other mm. day, and uh, NCA two K eight basketball. That was some pretty fun stuff. That's the last one, right? Did they do it? And then I, um, I, ha- I actually... <sighs> it was one of the last ones. I mean, that was such a fun game, too. All those... And, I mean, 
that's a whole other topic the NCAA and their video games but um mm-hmm. maybe that'll come back after quarantine. well that just you know, got extended a, i think because of uh, corona i'm pretty sure i saw something that that like got put off for a little bit because the ncaa has got bigger fish to fry like budgets and uh, draft eligibility and all this <laughs> other stuff so that's been uh curtailed i believe right yeah and like losing entire seasons of big money making tournaments and things like that yes um, um then i took to uh i actually went out and bought a couple uh, USB Nintendo controllers because I have an emulator on my laptop, so I was playing. I've been playing all sorts of NES games, but other than that, nothing too crazy. You know, of course, I did the Tiger King thing. I've, I'm almost done with Ozark already, so it's been mostly just no Ozark spoilers. Stuff, I'm but... two episodes in, uh, not the first season three. Um, I'm two episodes in. Like total? No, yeah, for the season like, three. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. No, it's uh, I, I'm I'm only like three ahead of you i think so okay i'm not quite yeah, yeah so i'm excited it's good so far i love yeah. ozark ozark is extremely my shit and it's also like filmed here at lake lanier kind of where college and uh downtown lawrenceville and all that kind of like it's all very georgia it's very very interesting um but it's all apparently in st louis or the lake of the ozarks which is not actually a thing and most things are actually filmed in atlanta now so you <laughs> see like anchorman 2 and they're having that uh, fight scene in central park that's actually uh the main uh peachtree street uh little mini park um in front of georgia state university <laughs> it's uh all kinds of great stuff like that so um i don't know my roommates play video games all the time they're all big gamers i don't at all like i haven't played video games really since early college so it's um it's been a minute and i uh i still had no Mm -hmm. no urge all i do all day right now eric is i read and i write and then i watch shows and then i'll watch a movie every night and then that that's about it i'll work out and even working out that's probably been the most difficult thing is like once you're like really in a good workout routine and just daily schedule to lose the gym and then i got that elephant email this week where it's like we've had to extend it for another month and it's just like uh, (laughs) i can't i it that actually bothers me more than anything else and i was not expecting that but not having a gym to go to every day is driving me insane yeah, I am a very, very much a creature of routine in that way as well. And now I'm, that's another, oh, that's another maybe quite old school thing that we brought out. Uh, my wife and I have a DVD, um, I oh, think no. it's from Type 2008. Up? No, not, well, in the same vein, uh, the Jillian <laughs> Michaels 30 Day Shred. Mm. It's hard. Like, it's good. It's like 25, 30 minutes. Not even that. I think it's like 25 minutes from front to back. And you're like exhausted at the at the end. It's and because with the limited stuff, if we because we don't have any weights or anything at our house because we went to the gym all the time. Yeah. So I have eight pound hand weights and we have a couple yoga mats. So we do that uh, every day to in order to stay sane. Then we go. Of course, I mean walks are at an all time high. We've been doing that while the girls ride their bikes or going on the bike rides and things like that. But yes, the the routine stuff is what bothers me the most. It's there's no and there you know like the special events like I remember the. I was supposed to go to Minnesota United's home opener, which was March 16th, that Sunday that, you know, right after the, it was the first weekend that everything had been shut down. I'd never been to the new stadium there yet for uh, the Minnesota's MLS team. So I was all excited for that. And I mean, that cancellation seems like it was six years ago and it was just over two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta United may have looked out there. Losing Joseph Martinez for the year in the first game was brutal, and now the season just might not even happen, so they'll never have to figure out what life is like without uh, Martinez. Right. Uh, a sneaky good thing. Um, well, there's a lot of NFL stuff that I want to pick your brain about tonight, Eric, and I think we have to start with the Vikings because I think the maybe the most outrageous take we've seen this week I don't even know if it's this week anymore because, uh, like I said, <laughs> not sure what day it is, but Colin Cowherd's uh, top 10 rosters he listed, and he had the Minnesota Vikings, as it stands right now, as the number two roster in football. I, along with other people, were like, well, do they have enough people on their roster right now to field a full NFL team? Because <laughs> everyone's left and everyone's been traded and they guaranteed more Kirk Cutson's money. So I thought it was an interesting take when you saw that. What did you think? Did you think, yeah, right on, nailed it. We are the number two roster <sighs> in football right here in Minnesota. Skull, skull, skull. 
I I shouldn't have said anything. That was he got me. That's exactly what it's the it's March. There's literally no sports going on. And Colin Cowherd got a reaction. I basically said, yeah, okay, right now this number two. But then, of course, I replied to that tweet right away. I was like, you know, that that was it's my fault. I quote, I quote tweeted a Colin Cowherd take. It's my I I should expect nothing (laughs) less. So, I mean, it's ridiculous. But what out of his mouth isn't. Uh, again, there's a lot of good core players on the Vikings still. I mean, they have a lot of really good pieces, and a lot of teams have holes right now. I mean, it's we're before the draft, and free agency isn't completely wrapped up. It's not everyone has a complete roster from top uh, to bottom. Disagree. I mean, the, the Chiefs are with only their roster with... full of uh, first rounders. So go ahead and redact. That yes, statement. but that also includes that also includes the contract well so that doesn't count technically oh but um there are, people who are just, like, there are so many takes there's this one i i, I don't want to be mean because he follows me but he is very pro atlanta i'll say and to an unreal extent and his lacron treadwell take i almost sent it to you because it was just it was wild just like i i'm ready for him to be unleashed it was wild <laughs> yeah it's um not going to happen well maybe it does it, maybe it's just a change of scenery thing and there were flashes i mean the last last year's training camp even the training camp before that it was like okay maybe treadwell you know it, there we were under no illusions that he was going to take over the top two one of the top two spots but there was definitely hope that he could be a third wide receiver and i think he could definitely be that in atlanta but anything other than that i would be very surprised after what we've seen and maybe the you know the change of scenery will help but i would not hold my breath as far as treadwell but yeah as far as the the vikings roster goes that the the top two is is absolutely ridiculous but again i think that was we he was intending to get a reaction and he definitely got one for you has the Kirk cousins experience been worth it because now you're you're moving on a couple more years of it um, he's back now with the the perfect offensive coordinator. It seems like right, like this is the dream scenario with Kubiak running the show totally. Um, Stefanski in Cleveland is like the offensive line has improved. Um, Dalvin Cook is a, a bona fide star running back. Like, is this all worth it now? Because it seems like the team, at least the offense, is built around what Kirk Cousins can actually do to be effective. I don't know about the offensive line, first of all, because they they waived Josh Klein, who had more, I think, dead cap than he was actually due for salary. And he was arguably the second best offensive lineman on the team last year after right tackle Brian O'Neill. So that was pretty puzzling. Um, there's still questions about what they'll do with left tackle Riley Reef. There's been rumblings of a Trent Williams trade. I'm sure the Vikings like him, but I have no idea how they would pull a sign and trade off with him. So the offensive line that has to be at least adequate because we've seen with Kirk Cousins, if he has time to make those progressions, he's a pretty good quarterback. I'd say he's a top 10 quarterback when, um, when the conditions are pretty pristine, but when things break down, it gets bad in a hurry. So if they can fix that, you know, and again, and then you have left guard, Pat Elfline, who was just an absolute disaster last year. I would hope they try to upgrade that position. So both guards and maybe a left tackle isn't exact. And, uh, second year center uh, Garrett Bradbury, who didn't have a you know the greatest rookie campaign after getting picked in the first round. So if they can shore that up, they seem to have some other pieces in place where the offense can work. Um, you know, well, of course, the training way Stephon Diggs is going then? to. I because I think yeah. this was like one of the forgotten things about last year's Vikings offensive line is that the loss of Sperano seems like the thing that just hung over that it's just uncomfortable to talk about because he passed away unexpectedly and it was awful but like he had really turned that offensive line around and i wonder what all those seasons look like for those guys if sperano is still there yeah i think immediately after his death that was that initial shot was pretty uh, you know it, it i mean the offensive linemen themselves they they said it was a really tough situation to deal with but now that they've had some time to you know be a little uh removed from the situation because i think it was right before yeah it was right before the 2018 season like during training camp of the 2018 season now it's two full seasons removed from it and that obviously that 2018 offensive line was a disaster 2019 was that hits uh, moments that's to be 
uh, sure. But I think if again, if it doesn't need to be the '90s Cowboys for these guys, it just needs to be good enough to give Cousins time because his improvisational skills just aren't what they need to be uh, when the pocket breaks down. If if he can get, it, I think if he has time and, and the play, the plays kind of develop what he thinks they are going to pre-snap. He's a really good quarterback. So. I, and yeah, you, you wonder how much it affected over the last uh, that immediately after that 2018 season. But now they've they've had their system in place, and then I do think Kubiak. I think Kubiak's the perfect coach for Mike Zimmer for what he wants to do. Zimmer's wanted to run the ball, and it looks like they're um, possibly working on an extension for Dalvin Cook, which uh, you know the whole running backs don't matter. Twitter people have had a lot of fun with. Um, again, but for their for what they seem to be setting up for, they could you know they still have you know, a few giant holes that they need to fill. But if they can do that in the draft and maybe pick up a couple cheaper options for agency, the the system, you know, they they have a lot of the play, the players in place to get uh, Gary Kubiak's system off the ground. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're fine. I don't think there's a chance. That, like, the thing is, I don't think there's a chance they can be bad. Like, I think they're still in a zone. I mean, we'll have to see what happens with Diggs. You still have Thielen. You still um, can address wide receiver early in the draft. Um, I, I'm i just not as – I'm not totally worried. I just think the number two overall ranking is crazy. But I think they're, they're still in a position where they're going to be fine, especially because two of their other teams in the division are actively tanking, it seems like. Um, does losing Diggs, <laughs> in your opinion, limit their Super Bowl odds? Yeah, I mean, right now it's it's hard for me, even in my most optimistic days, to start thinking Super Bowl until I see exactly what they do in the draft. I mean, they're going to need a, at least a couple impact players on both sides of the ball in the in this draft, and they have a ton of picks to do it. They have, I believe, five in the top one hundred picks, and uh, as it stands, twelve um, total picks in the draft. So they can definitely fill some holes in the draft, but they're going to have to hit on these picks in order. And especially, I mean, it's Adam Thielen. Then you go to BC Johnson who had a nice rookie campaign, but again, it's, I don't know if you'd want to, um, depend on him or the newly acquired Tajay Sharp to be the number two guy right behind Thielen. I mean, that's a huge drop off. Tajay Sharp. Yes. Yes. For what do you have? Uh, I believe in 29 catches or something like that last year. So I think that was his not quite the, the dig. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's Treadwell. <laughs> well, you got your Treadwell Maybe replacement. They, there you go. That's how you can look at the sharp side. Yeah. Right. I think he'll be better than Treadwell. That's a very low bar to clear, but so yeah, that's, that's huge. They have to figure out a way to at least, because otherwise it's just going to be, you know, feeling, even if Irv Smith takes a big leap in year two and Kyle Rudolph has a really productive year catching the ball, they need something. Yeah, Irv Smith, I'm I'm excited for what they can do. I mean, they ran more 12 personnel than just about any team. Right. I, I know they, let, they, they, they ran the fewest 11 personnel by like 25% last year. So that's it's not like they need three stud wide receivers in this offense, but they need at least two, you know, or at least someone that's pretty good, you know, maybe – Sharp is that guy, but I really have my doubts that he can be the consistent uh, compliment. I mean, that's a big drop from Diggs to Sharp. So, I mean, it's everyone says, you know, like when I start, I've I've had some pessimistic moments on Twitter after all these people keep leaving. Some of them needed to leave, you know, like the Xavier Rhodes of the world. But, you know, I get a lot of responses from a lot of diehard Vikings fans that, like you you just said it yourself, I think the Vikings will be fine. I don't know if fine is good enough for Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer to stick around though. I mean, this is, they have a lot of kind of stock in this 2020 season. It would feel like, and a lot of the moves feel like they're kind of kicking the can down the road. Maybe they have a couple more moves. You know, again, the, the grade is incomplete for all these uh, free agencies right now, but it's, it's kind of interesting to see they, they made that cousins extension, which seems like, okay, they're going to try to reload one more year with this core. And then they trade away digs. And then they let a lot of these players go. So it's, it's, it's really hard to figure out exactly what the grand plan is right now for the Vikings, especially with Rick Spielman and Zimmer. You would, you know, they've have they're both long tenures and they've both have proven that they've they can get this team close. But you kind of wonder if an eight and eight or seven and nine season, you know, a fine season, nothing great, nothing too terrible, if if that's good enough for either of them to stick around. I I don't know exactly where they stand with the team, but I would think if. If the team misses the playoffs, especially with that extra seed now this year, um, 
if if they miss the playoffs, it, I think there's going to be a lot of fans clamoring for the jobs of Zimmer and Spielman because there's a lot right now, to be frank. I think Spielman's done a good job. I think for the most part, he's done a solid job. I still think Zimmer's done a solid job. There's a lot of uh, conservative play calling and stuff like that that he's done and like in-game management you could pick on Zimmer for. But like in terms of just bad NFL coaches, I don't think he falls in that category. He probably falls in the like, ah, oh, he can win with the right offensive mind and the right quarterback. Like he's he's good enough to do that. I um I don't think they're going to find their 2020 answer in the draft because also uh, rookie wide receivers rarely just burst onto the scene like it takes time and i i just i i would not bet on it especially if you think that your job might depend on replacing digs right away and you look at the market like you never know what teams are gonna uh, ask for for star wide receivers you saw what the texans got for deandre hopkins you saw what the bills (laughs) got for your stefan Diggs. like if i'm the vikings i'm actually calling around to see like um a good example i guess would be maybe the a team in your division the bears like if Allen robinson is tired of only having bad quarterbacks throw to him be like hey ryan pace uh you're already crazy as hell for trading for nick Foles. what can we give you of our reward chest in the next couple of years that will give you give us Allen robinson like you just make those calls and you go and pick at the dolphins Devonte parker regardless of what you think about him just see like guys who have been in the league for a couple of years or teams that are kind of worried like brandon cooks might be the perfect answer here if the Rams want to get off that because there is some weird stuff there. And I mean, it's a huge boomer bust injury type thing with him, but I would call the Rams if I'm Spielman, I would be like, Hey, what would it take to get, um, get Brandon cooks? Because if he's healthy, then I think a lot more people are in on what they're doing and he could fill the Deshaun Jackson type role and all that. I mean, there are options around the league. I just, if I'm a Vikings fan and I'm Vikings management, I would not be comfortable going to the season with Thielen and a bunch of rookies. Like I just, I would be very nervous about how that would look and whether or not that'd be enough to get cousins over the top. Um, but in terms of making the playoffs, I think especially with the extra seat, which we'll get into they're in very good shape unless injuries just destroy this team. I, I don't see they're a very high floor, low ceiling team to me. And the ceiling changes depending on how the rest of this draft and offseason goes for them. But I don't see a way where the bottom falls out. Yeah, is, is I would tend fair? to agree with that. Yeah, I, I think the again, it's the is the fine going to be okay enough? If that's the case, if they just kind of tread water, I mean that schedule right now. Of course, you never know how it's going to play out and how it's going to be organized. Their schedule is pretty tough. They played the NFC South this year, which is looking to be stacked. I mean, just if you just look at Maybe. the quarterbacks in that division now. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. You never know. And it's then the AFC South is going to be a total crapshoot. Or no, do they play the AFC? Yeah, I think they do. They play the Texans and the Colts. Yeah. I so, think that's going to be a very bad um, division. That, you lucked out there. Yes, I, that should be, again, I, I think Houston probably takes a step back. The Colts have the pieces, except maybe not See, a quarterback. So. take a step forward and the rest of the teams take a step back. Yeah, I mean, right now I'd probably pick, oh, man, the Titans, if they can. I, I just don't know paying Cannon Hill that much if they can still fill in the rest of the roster. It felt but, very magical, like once in a moment type thing, and they paid too much, and I, I, I'm not in on the Titans next year. I would, I'd be very I'm comfortable kind of, them not uh, making the playoffs and definitely not winning division. Yeah, and it's, it, it, you know, you kind of wonder if it was a little case Keenum with them. I think that's a, a, yeah. Hopefully, you know, if you're a tight, if you're a Titans fan, you hope that doesn't happen. But I think the Vikings saw, I like the, that. you know, Cinderella, Cinderella was about to turn into a pumpkin and they never really committed to him. And that turned out to be probably a, a good decision. And of course you can debate cousins all you want, but I think it's pretty <laughs> inarguable that who's had the better last two seasons since uh, Keenum departed the team. So, but yeah, that, um, yeah, get rounding back to the bears a little bit. That's the one thing I, I think I tweeted something out, you know, like, like all these puzzling moves that the Vikings are making, they're ta- they're taking time away from me making fun of the Bears because <laughs> that's another team. Like I I really don't understand a lot and of the stuff. Lions. I mean the Nick, Fol- yeah, the like the Lions there. That's it, it. It just really feels like the Lions are constantly doing like, hey, you know, I used to work for the Patriots, right? I know the I know everything about the Patriots way, yeah. and they are they're doing everything. You know, <laughs> basically, it, they're anti ballot checking everything there. It's, I mean, uh, it's red, bad. yeah, as of right now, I mean, it's and the Packers haven't really done 
in the offseason. I mean, they've made a couple pretty you know sound moves, but nothing too crazy. I mean, they've had some departures too, but I, th- I mean, mostly by doing almost nothing, they've kind of helped themselves in the NFC North, it feels like. Yeah, I um, I the Vikings will be fine. Um, what is your draft wish list for the Vikings right now, as it stands? What's your dream scenario? Are there in, is there anyone in particular? Or is there any emphasis on holes that you'd like to see filled in the draft? What is it right now? I mean, I, right now, it, I think it's just, there's a couple of positions that need to hit on at least one. In my opinion, like you need you need at least one corner, probably two. And at least one wide receiver. And again, that's wide receiver stacked. Um, I kind of like Mims from Baylor just because I think he'd be a nice deep compliment to what Thielen can do underneath. Um, but I don't, you know, again, that was, I think that was partially why Diggs left that there weren't, you know, he, I think he could thought that there weren't enough deep shots to him or there maybe he just wasn't getting the ball enough in general because he was definitely open and cousins would miss him anyways. But yeah, I like, I like Mims. Um, Corner, I think, you know, speaking of Diggs, I think Trayvon Diggs would be hilarious to draft. <laughs> Get, you know, have have one Diggs leave and then draft his brother. But I I have my doubts that he'll still be there even 22 or 25. Um, but off those, and of course then there's still the offensive line questions that you have. If they don't do any other moves in free agency in the offensive line, they're going to have to at least get one interior lineman, which, you know, I would have probably have a problem if uh, it doesn't seem like uh, the interior line is especially stacked in this year's draft. And if, with so many other needs, you would think you'd try to get maybe a day two or day three guy like that. Um, but again, the Vikings had a strategy of almost a decade of basically after Matt Khalil, they didn't draft anyone for the first couple, or I think it was like the first three rounds of the draft and anywhere on the offensive line. So, and that strategy obviously didn't work. So it's, I don't have a ton of particular, okay, you know, I'm pounding the table for this guy. Right now it's kind of get those couple positions answered early on in the draft. And then with so much ammo, you can kind of be, and especially knowing Rick Spielman and, you know, I joked um, when they were talking about maybe moving the draft to, you know, one round for a week, right? Wasn't it? Was it one round each day? I think if, if you gave Spielman that much time, I think he would have the whole seventh round to himself. He'd probably just keep on trading back all those mid-round picks. It's There's no way they do thing that. To do. Right? So, um, it would be so boring those last couple of days, right? Like I don't know. Like it would just be. But again, the I NFL. Mean, I only watch the first round anyway, and then I get, get the rest after the fact. Then I'll just go through after I. The people who can sit there for round three, round four, and just listen to the interviews and listen to Mel Kuyper talk about a fourth rounder, I just. I don't understand it. I don't. I'm. I'm not in that that way of life. I can't do it. Well, I mean, draft Twitter and draft analysts are definitely a thing, and I'm. I, I know enough to be dangerous in that area. But yeah, it's. They're the I just don't fans loving that. life right now. I've noticed on Twitter, they're the only ones happy well, doing a bunch of content, just killing it. Shout out to Matt Miller, Connor Rogers, all those guys, Trevor Sikama, all of them. Just loving life. They're killing it still. They're yeah, all I mean, able to get like, their tape out, it's their like, pieces. It's it's great for them. Yeah, there's there's no other noise. They they get all the eyes because it's literally the only sports thing going on right now is the draft, and it's kind of you know I would put it past the NFL to put it once every seven days because they they're diabolical. Uh-huh. You know that well. Okay, you know there are literally no sports on right now. Why not stretch it out and get all the ratings? I mean, it would just be through the roof, but. Yeah, the the current format's fine. I'm still it still kind of weirds me out that they're doing the draft on time. Even I don't know, like I saw some details after the conference call today that there were, you know, teams can only have ten people in a room and all that stuff. And it's like, can't you do all of it in online? But yeah, it it just all feels weird without the, the sports and the NFL draft's the only thing going on. So I mean, more power to them, right? I guess, yeah. Um. <laughs> I, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to bring it back just a second to the Bears and Lions because we have to just. I. Right. Who do you think's having the worst offseason? Because I've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of days and just seeing the Nick Foles official um, set, trade going through today. I, I think people have forgotten that the Lions also paid Chase Daniel this offseason. I think people have forgotten that uh, <laughs> this is a team that just traded for Deron Harmon that sent away Darius Slay, that replaced him with Desmond Trufant, that signed Jamie Collins, 
that is just I don't know, man. But they I, they, they they stole Jaron Curse from us though. He's he they couldn't did. get they on also the field got for some Allison in there, who had a great year in Green Bay. <laughs> sure, yeah, you gotta ask Green Bay fans about him. They love him. I just like as bad as the things are with the Bears, they still have a lot of top end talent. The Lions don't even have that. I just it's really hard for me to talk myself into anything positive about the Lions twenty twenty chances, which is really sad because Lions fans are great and I just there's no way it doesn't end well. like it ends well for me. Like the Bears, maybe. I think it's like a two maybe a five percent shot that it ends well, but there's a chance that things go right with Nick Foles and that group and they catch fire. There is no chance the Lions check uh, like just catch fire and just go eleven and five this year. Like I could write that off right now. I don't like I am so fine just going out in what are we late March saying? Yeah, go ahead and cancel out the Detroit Lions. Go ahead and cancel them out. It's not happening. <laughs> the Bears? I don't know. Maybe, probably not, but maybe. Well, I think your Lions take is a little more sane than last year. I think we previewed the NFC North, and I'm I I'll have to go back and check the tape, but I'm pretty sure that you predicted the Lions to get second in the division last year. I said they could not go. I said like the it was whole you, division, it was, I remember this conversation, and I said that the Lions yes, okay. could. I think I thought that everyone in the division would go around nine and seven and seven and nine. Like I thought it would be all very close. They would all beat each other up because I thought all four teams would be solid. None would be great. And I had them going second at nine and seven. So you're right in a little bit of ways, but I had the Vikings going eight and eight. So it wasn't like I was yeah. saying they're going to be a lot better <laughs> than everybody else in division. I just thought I did have the Packers win the division, by the way. So go ahead and uh, give me that yeah, because you got I did that. have yeah. that death taxes and uh, Aaron Rodgers. But I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's just, I don't know. Bill Lazor is my guy, though, and he's the OC in Chicago, so maybe that's part of it, too. <laughs> Can't quit Bill Lazor. Who could forget yeah. that Miami run? Exactly. And, yeah, Foles, he, we've seen it in, again, very small sample size and usually in the playoffs. Um, he can definitely turn it on, and he he didn't really get much of a chance in Jacksonville with their supporting cast and his injuries. But, yeah, it's, it's tough to see. I mean, Detroit, it feels like they're taking some big swings here for guys that have either bounce back years or just break out. And I just don't – they're another one. That like it's The Vikings are – you know they're making some puzzling moves and you kind of have to scratch your head. Like the Lions, there seems to be no rhyme or reason to anything they're doing. It's like, oh, we can't pay this guy, but then we can't pay this guy. It's, it's, it's really confusing. And then you have Matt Stafford who, you know, basically was, you know, injured really bad at the end of last year and he's getting up there in years obviously quarterbacks will play till they're 90 now but it, you have to wonder how much physical toll last season took on him if, if he's going to be 100 percent as well so yeah I, I i really think it's still probably you know the packers are probably sitting in the best uh position right now and the vikings like you said i think that the the floor is high but the other two teams, it's they, the bottom could fall. They could it, they could surprise some teams, but they could also be uh, you know doing mock drafts in November as well. Yeah, I um, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Um, the playoffs it's officially expanded. That came through this week. We're getting seven teams in the playoffs. I um, a lot of people have kind of resolved themselves to this. A lot of people don't like him. Most people just don't like change until it happens for a couple of years. And then they're like, okay, it's fine. We know it. We just don't talk about this anymore. I am okay with it. It doesn't bother me. I actually think if this took getting some preseason games cut and then, I mean, another game in the regular season, I don't really like either, but whatever, it's more football. I, I don't know. I think the biggest thing is it's going to make teams really, really go for it. Like, I think there are going to be less teams resting starters the last couple of weeks, like good teams resting starters, because we've already seen in the last five plus years, number one seeds and number two seeds are going to the Super Bowl. Like <laughs> we talk about the wild card stuff and like, oh, anything can happen. And it's like, well, no, if you look in the NFL the last couple of years, it's not how it works. The Chiefs sneaking into a bye is the reason that they made the Super Bowl. Like the yep. Patriots of like falling out of that screwed them i just i think people overlook little things like that so i think from a competitive edge i think the great teams are going to be going harder at the end of se- the the coming seasons because 
everybody's going to want that buy. Because if you get that buy, you, your odds of making the Super Bowl are just so much stronger than everybody else's. And we already know if you're a number one seed or number two seed, you're probably going to the Super Bowl anyway, that I, I just think it even adds more of an emphasis on being the best regular season team. Yeah, I mean, there's it might not happen at all like, anymore, just because unless there's a team that runs away with it and literally has a, a one or two, you know, a one game cushion of the tiebreaker or a two game cushion at the end of the season for that number one seed. I mean, it's such a huge advantage to have the best regular season back in the conference now because you're, it's literally you get a playoff win and none of the other six teams do. They you get to you know get to rest, and yeah, like you said, the the top two teams. You know, it's it's odd to think, you know, of course, Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl for Kansas City, but in a little bit of a way, Ryan Fitzpatrick won the Super Bowl for Kansas City because he beat the Patriots in week 17 and threw everything, you know, they had. I mean, the Chiefs got to avoid the, both the Patriots and the, the Ravens, thanks to the Titans. I mean, it was it's just it, it just it's one of those things that kind of it felt like it was Kansas City's year on so many different levels when when Mahomes got hurt and all that stuff. But I I'm OK with the 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 extra playoff spot as well. I, I do like it. You know, it'll probably take out some of the meaningless games in week 17. And it really emphasizes your okay, If you can win that regular season, it's a, it's a huge advantage because it's, uh, it's been a long time since a non buy team has won the Super Bowl. But the one thing that it, the, the mathematics of the, the extra game, the 17th, like there's something so wonderful about having 32 teams playing 16 games in eight divisions and two conferences. It was the scheduling formula was just beautiful. You knew who, which teams, the, you know, all the two teams that your team was playing, you know, for in, infinitely basically. And now that's going to get all thrown off back. So where do you get that extra game? Do you go an extra interconference game or do you do an extra, you know, an extra division within your own conference. That's what it, that bothers me a lot more just from an aesthetic standpoint. It was just so nice. Uh, you know, everything was a power of two that I like that, but of course that's, it's, it'll be more money in everyone's pockets, especially the owners. So, uh, well, it'll be the new, new normal. I'm sure it was weird when the, the NFL went from 14 to 16 games. And of course now all, all these single season records, especially passing records will probably be broken within a few years, but I'm sure we'll get over it, but uh, that's it's just it was something so aesthetically pleasing about that 16 game season that I'll miss. Yeah, and we'll just forget about it. We'll forget. It will grow up. <laughs> your kids will grow up, and they'll never really know of a time where it was 16 games and that uh, there was not three wild card games and all the other stuff. And also, you know what some of my favorite weekends in sports are? Wild card weekend. Love wild card weekend. And if we're getting six games instead of four, you know what? Don't care. And people who are worried about the quality of games going down, I'm like, have you all watched the Bills games in the last couple of Saturdays? <laughs> have you watched the Texans play? Like, it's not like we were getting the best product possible on Wild Card Weekend. Like, we had some awesome games, but there was always one or two stink bombs. And now we'll probably just have two, guaranteed. We'll have two stink bombs, but you know what? <laughs> I don't care. Still more playoff football, and that's fine with me. And I think it doesn't actually affect which teams are going to go on runs. I just think it maybe like you pointed to limits the chances of a wild card team just running the table. I think we're going to it's almost going to be impossible for like the 7th seed to to go all the way and win it. I just I don't think that's how it's going to be. It's going to be very NBA-y and uh, a lack of parity. Right. But it also makes um it more important to win the draft. Win free agency, draft well, develop well, get a top 5 quarterback and easy enough. There you go. That's your cue to win the Super Bowl. Um Drew Brees Peyton confirmed, right, that this is it. This year is it before Taysom Hill takes his role as Steve Young down there in New Orleans. Um, <laughs> it's kind of wild that it seems like Drew Brees to Monday Night Football is done. Great play by him to just wait out Peyton, who I never thought was going to take that job. Peyton is like, I remember talking to Gary Myers of Sports Illustrated about this a couple weeks ago. The, the way Peyton is presented versus who Peyton actually is, I think is very interesting. I, mm-hmm. I I don't think he's the jovial, lovable guy that people think. I think he's very business-oriented. I think he wants to be a senator or governor one day. I think he would rather own an NFL team than anything else. I think he'd rather run an organization. I think he would like to do the Elway type thing. I don't think he has any interest in uh, doing the other stuff. He might wait out Elway in Denver. He might just buy the Broncos. 
I don't know. Like, I think that's more <laughs> likely than anything else. So I never got it. It was a step down. And I also don't think he'd be as entertaining as people think um, with that kind of stuff. I think he'd be very reserved. I, I just don't, he plays a part. And I don't think that's actually who he is deep down. I actually think Brady, based on what I've read and talked to, that he's actually more down to earth and funny. I think Eli's probably more easygoing and funny than Peyton. Could be wrong. Based on everything I, I've seen and read, I think it's that way. Drew Brees, I have no idea. Like, I have no idea if Drew Brees will be good on Monday Night Football. I, my bigger thing is they're just overthinking the Pat McAfee stuff. Why is he just not penciled in? I don't understand why they don't just let him be the third fiddle. Let him be funny. Let him make Sean McDonough or whoever it is uncomfortable. Like, just make Monday Night Football <laughs> at least enjoyable. Can you imagine him just going at McFarlane for whatever he's doing? Like, just have him and Booger riding around on the <laughs> sidelines. Do something like that. But I, I don't know. I am not sure about Breeze, and I'm just worried that they're just... Monday Night Football is just always going to be doomed. Yeah, I mean, that's why CBS paid so much to Rome because they knew what they had and how rare it is. It's really, really hard, especially in today's day and age with Twitter. I mean, any kind of screw up, any, you know, you're never going to please everyone. And even Roma has his detractors. I remember when he burst onto the scene, everyone's like, well, I don't want people telling me what play is going to come, even if he's right. You know, there's always going to be people that complain. I do like the Manning take, though. I think you're a little, I think, Senator, I think you nailed it. I think he's much more of a, everything from him, he can be very funny. Like the Saturday Night Live when he hosted was hilarious. He he does a bunch of funny commercials, but that's all calculated and scripted. And I think most of his life is that way. He's he's very calculated. Like it's, I don't know how good he would be just going off the cuff on a lot of these things like Rome was. He can just, you know. Because Rome doesn't want to do anything else. He's cool. He's going to play golf and chill and hang out. He doesn't have career aspirations. Peyton, I think, has a lot more career aspirations. Absolutely. Like he's he's definitely one of those that uh, he has he'll have a second career after, you know, and of course he did that. What was the Peyton's places? I saw a handful of those. Those were nicely done. Those are good. And there's no doubting how much knowledge about football that Manning brings. I, I'm sure he could read defenses and predict plays and tell you what coverages there are, too. But, yeah, I I don't think that he's that interested in it. I, I don't think that announcing is his main main goal. I think, I mean, he's been, you know, he when he's not buying Papa John's franchises, he's doing other, you know, things. I'm sure he's done events, and I bet he's done the preliminary research on, you know, being a politician or something yep. like that, too. But, um, but, yeah, with Breeze, that, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's he's definitely one of those that he knows what to say. Like, he's the, you'll never get him to, say anything bad but i wonder if he's a little more dare jeter than he would be tony romo i think he's just kind of one of those yes. that always gives the good company line always is polite always is nice always you know positive kind of person i don't know how great that he would actually translate to tv um and i mean but for I, regardless of how breeze turns out i i would love the taste of the hill experiment as a, a vikings fan and a, a sensator which i believe that you probably would be as well i think um, they should be required if, to honestly because of putting the first round tender i think that much of a bluff so dumb. it is required yeah. for sean payton to be that but also he'd be the greatest head coach of all time i think at that point if he went on a run and won the nfc south with Taysom hill and just went 12 and 4 and won the nfc with Taysom Hill for a full season. Like if you want to establish a legacy, like that's the legacy arms right. race right now is Sean Payton with Taysom Hill and Jarrett Stidham with uh, Bill Belichick. That's <laughs> the new Belichick. arms race for greatest head coach of all time. Who can turn chicken slop into chicken pot pie? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What if the entire offense was gadget plays, right? What, why, <laughs> why not? To, yeah. And I think that's what it'd have to be with Hill. I mean, outside again, if Hill actually becomes the quarterback, I think he should uh, give the Vikings some of his uh, salary because every game that the Vikings play against him, <laughs> he looks great, including that playoff game this year where he had two of the biggest plays uh, that the Saints made on offense that game. But, yeah, I don't see that happening. What's he already 29 or 30? I I would personally, if I was the Saints, I would have kept Teddy, but obviously he was going to get more money James somewhere else. I'm tell you that. Ooh, that'd be... Man, that's another one. It's like, okay, if anyone could tame Jameis, maybe it would be Sean Payton. And as as much as I dislike Sean Payton and smugness, I know he's a very good football coach. So 
Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty interesting. That's my biggest too. thing with Falcons uh, fans. Like, yeah, they're so, just the, the Saints stuff. I look the Saints winning all the time sucks, but like the biggest thing the Falcons throw at Saints fans is the Julio over Michael Thomas stuff, which it's fine. I think Julio is the better all time player. That's great. I still think Michael Thomas the less. I mean, what Michael Thomas does with <laughs> targets in New Orleans is still just insane. I think it's fine. It's like, it's a lot closer right. than Falcons like to believe it is. And Michael Thomas makes it harder because he talks a lot more than Julio does. And Julio, like, Lily never talks. Um, but the Saints are a much better organization than the Falcons. They have been one for a much longer period of time. They are run better. They're smarter. They have a better head coach. They go to the NFC Championship game every year. You can joke all you want about the way they lose. That's football. It's really bad luck. They've had some really, really shitty luck. They should be... If they had not had that happen to them against the Rams, I think they beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl. I think they matched up a lot better. I think Sean Payton would have done a lot better against that group. Drew Brees would have done better. I just think they would have beaten that Patriots team. That's another Super Bowl. Like, he's already gotten one. Like, we went, lost 28-3. He went, he won. Like... The Saints are a better organization, so it always bothers me. If you want to crack jokes about the Bucks, great, do it. Panthers, sure. Saints, I don't know. <laughs> my lifetime, my entire adult life, they've been the better organization. It's really hard for me to just like joke about the Saints because it's kind of like you and the Packers. We are like, yeah, the Packers, like whatever. It's a lot easier to joke about the Bears and the Lions than it is Green Bay. You're like, as much as I joke, yeah, it would have been nice to have Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback for my entire up, uh, upbringing. That would have been cool. Oh, yeah, and then have Brett Favre before him. It's right. been three bleeping decades, Chase, of this. Basically, my entire NFL fandom has been the Packers having a, a Hall of Fame NFL quarterback. We got to rent him for a year plus. That was about it. That's as close as the Vikings have come to what they've had consistently. And that's, I mean, that's the only thing I can kind of hold over Packers fans that, you know, of course, the, the, the go-to thing is, you know, the Lombardi trophy case is empty, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, the, the Packers only having two Super Bowls while having Favre and Rodgers for that long consecutively is almost like, you know, statistically speaking, it's probably worse. The Braves like, went mean, 14 years two of the winning the players. division and they got right? one World and, Series. And the, and the Saints only having one. Exactly. Yeah, the Braves and the Saints only having one with Breeze. I think that's crazy, too, the way that they've built that team, especially that 2017 draft they had. I mean, when you add Kamara and, you know, like you have two just absolute can't miss guys that hit in the, and right away in their rookie years. And then they get beat by the Minneapolis Miracle. And that, I mean, that's the, the one great thing I, that's the after um, you know, the one thing that Falcons and Vikings fans can definitely agree on is their hatred of the Saints. So it's um, yeah, it's it's crazy that the. Uh, some of these organizations don't have more titles. And of course you have to throw in the Patriots though, because they have been here for 20 plus years. Maybe it's finally time for other franchises to take over. But of course now watch the chiefs rattle, you know, with Patrick Mahomes. We always think that until it doesn't happen, like it would not surprise me at all. If the chiefs never win another Super Bowl. would not surprise me. I think as long as Mahomes is there, they will be contenders and his like just prime. But do I get like, would I guarantee it? No, but I think the biggest thing that helps them versus like Aaron Rodgers and other quarterbacks like that is the AFC by and large is controlled by two or three quarterbacks for 10 plus years. Like it's been Ben's, it's been Brady's and Manning's. Like they are the only ones that run that rivers a little bit in and out, but he never got to the Super Bowl. He saw how hard it was, but like by and large, it's a much easier way to climb up the ladder. And once you're there, it's easier to stay up for whatever reason the nfc has a lot of turnover the afc does not so maybe with the chiefs and that's something i wanted to ask you if you had to point out because i think the patriots are missing the playoffs this year i think that's what they want i think that's what's happening i wonder who the next dynasty is in the afc like looking around the chiefs seem like the obvious answer i'm not ever gonna bet on an andy reed dynasty <laughs> that seems I like Andy Reid a lot. It just it seems a little much. After ten plus years of joking about him never winning the big one, now we're gonna be like, yeah, they're gonna own the AFC for the next ten years. I just I I don't know. I have my doubts that it's gonna be them. I don't think it's gonna be the Titans and Ryan Tannehill, Mort Eleven. Um I don't think it's Josh Allen overthrowing uh Stefan Diggs. I look around and I think <laughs> like, okay, who makes the most sense? Uh, not saying the Patriots because I think it's going to be someone else who steps in and 
I'm not sure. It's wide open to me long term. Like right now, there is not one team in the AFC that I'm like, they're going to be the next 10 year contender who gets like two or three rings. I maybe the Ravens, maybe just because they're so smartly run and they're so well built. And that team is just going to be a buzzsaw year after year. I, I, I still with Lamar, I don't know, maybe it falls off in five years, but like, I don't feel great about any of them. Like we felt great about the Patriots, the Broncos, the Colts and the Steelers for just years and years and years and just couldn't talk ourselves out in any of them winning the division or the AFC. And now I'm just like, I don't really know outside of the chiefs and the Ravens, like who really fits that um, at the moment. It's very wide open and there's just a lot of shitty teams. I think in the AFC right now. <laughs> One I was thinking of while you were ringing that it's the Ravens are the, and the Chiefs, I you would hope that would be kind of the next you know the, the next battle like the Lamar, the, the Favre and Steve Young dates yeah like right and that, that was kind of like the Titans kind of came in and screwed everything up you know yeah. like it was supposed to be uh, you know you definitely could have seen the the changing of the guard in the AFC playoffs this year you know with you'd think Lamar or Mahomes especially with the Patriots when they dropped to the three seed you're like all right who's going to take the Patriots out and it's like nope Ryan Tannehill did <laughs> Derrick Henry did technically but uh yeah it's 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 those two teams and it's really hard to figure out exactly who would be the third contender because the bills, I think I, I like the roster they're building. I like their plan. Again, I just don't know. I mean, I uh, made do you a joke. Like their plan? That, you know, digs. Do you like building around Josh oh, Allen? No. Do you? No, I don't like that part, but I like, I like what they're doing. Like they, when you have a quarterback on a deal like that, you have to load up everywhere else as sure. much as possible. The bears tried it with Trubisky. Didn't work. But I liked I liked what they did. I'd still like the Mac trade for them because I thought it was a, a a good a good idea. When quarterback is that cheap, if he's even close to pretty good, you have to load up around him because that's it, it's such an advantage. I mean, the Vikings are paying Kirk Cousins, you know, uh, close to thirty million dollars a year, and it's going to be in two years. I think this cap number is like forty five million dollars. And if you can get a good quarterback at four million dollars a year for a few years, it is such a huge advantage. So yeah, I but it, the the problem is, is they drafted Josh Allen, and I think that might be the problem with the Giants when they drafted Daniel Jones. But that's I I think it's going to be I like the rest of their roster. I guess what they they've been doing. I like I like the that basic premise, but it's going to be you know if unless Allen takes a big step up and gets a lot more consistent in the next couple of years, it's going to be a pretty tough decision for them to make when he's due his next contract. But yeah, other than the the Ravens and it's for me it's the Ravens and the Chiefs. The Chargers are sitting there is never, a wild card, depending on what they do at quarterback. Like if they can trade up for Tua with that roster, I I'm all in. I'm all in on the Chargers if they can pull that off. Maybe I, even Herbert. Maybe Herbert's great. But like the Chargers have had a really really good off season. They have a bunch of talent still. I would not be surprised if they vaulted in there. But it's also the Chargers, so it's like how many years are we going to let them hurt exactly. us? Exactly. So I don't know. I'll have to see it. To yep. That, that was that's that was just what I was gonna say. It's like I have been in on the Chargers for like I think well who, is it Will Brinson that does it every year? Like he's always goes huge in the, into the Chargers and then they break his heart every year. I think I've, so. I've, I've uh, yeah, and the Chargers outside of their question mark at quarterback. Of course, I have to, I'm obligated to say that they have their quarterback of the future in Easton Stick because he went to oh, North right. Dakota State. Like who could I forget, of course. But <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, their defense is stacked. They're going to be solid. Like that's, but again, it's the Chargers. Six of them could be on IR by the time the first week one rolls around. Whenever right. week one might be this year, you know, it's until they prove that they aren't the Chargers. Maybe it was just Rivers. Maybe he was just the bad luck charm for some reason. It's, but uh, it's 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 a two team race right now for me in the AFC. But there could always be a contender or two that jumps up because again, no one saw the Titans make it to the AFC Championship game. That's for sure. No, I saw it. I, I definitely saw it. Ryan Tannehill being the number, <laughs> play action, the number one play action quarterback. I don't know about you, but um, I tried to tell the PFF guys all year long, like, just wait on Ryan Tannehill. Um, I saw something when he was cursing out and making fun of the practice squad guys back in Miami that I like, this guy has something special. This guy, this guy has it. People forget that, that he was like berating the practice squad uh, early in his Miami days and like got a lot of heat for it, like just being a dick to the practice squad. So I don't know. I never forgot that story. I, I don't forget little things like that where I'm like, ah, I'm out on this guy forever. It, what, if you have that in you, right. I'm out. 
not cheering for you. You're you seem kind of shitty. Um, last thing, and we'll wrap up here. Best new uniforms. Who do you think it's going to be? We get seven new ones. The Bucks just teased theirs. The Falcons, I'm concerned, are not going to do enough, and they're just going to do a neon like red in the Falcons logo, and it's just going to be like a slight twitch. I want the red helmets. I need the red helmets. I need the black tops. I need them to stop overthinking this. Bring back the oh, trim. Yes. Just do it. I don't think they're going to do it, though. Oh, you like the gold trim? I, yeah, I, I mean, those red helmets are, yeah, the red helmets would be great. They're I perfect. don't think they are. It, yeah, that's, it's, even like in the, in the Deion Sanders primetime when it was the all black with the gray pants, if they had the red helmet with that, that would have been fine, too. But um, the Buccaneers just going away from the alarm clock, that's fine by me. Um, but it looks like they're just basically doing, yeah, it looks they're, like they're just, going back they're to just the doing a reboot Barber of their days, Super right? Bowl, yeah. Yeah, they're just doing a reboot with a bigger logo on the helmet from what I've seen on the previews. And it are, the Chargers are changing too, right? Speaking yes. of them. Like, are they, they're going, they're going to all the blue. blue yeah. Could, yeah, so the powder blue, yes. Um, it'll be hard to screw that up. I mean, they should just go back to, you know, with their alternates. They should wear those all the time. Those are perfect in every single way. That's the best uniforms in sports. But they'll probably do some stupid L.A twist with it and make it you know have an ocean instead of a lightning bolt or something stupid like that but um that's that's got to be my leader in the clubhouse just because of that color palette it's it's so great it's it's one of the best looking uniforms of sports who else is changing them like the are there other major the changes the uh well, raiders got to do it because they're moving yeah but, but like, it, again they have perfect raiders, uniforms i'm concerned i'm concerned what they're gonna do yeah they can't they can't screw with that i mean they've that's one thing, all respect, I don't like the Packers uniforms at all, but I like the fact that they they never change. Like, yeah. you, that's do you actually not the Packers, like their uniforms? You know. it, even, especially for a guy that went to a college that was green and gold, basically the same color. I just, I don't know. They're kind of, it's it's fine. I mean, it's maybe it's just because I've grown up hating it so much. You're out of your I mind. can't actually. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're fine. I mean, they're you can do a lot worse. Look at Tampa Bay. No, like, yeah. they're... They're, but it's just not that's a little plain for me but the the Raiders again that was pretty that's you can't mess with that too much that'll get too much backlash I think the Rams overthought it because all they had to do the yellow oh. and blue like what are you doing just yellow blue the white and blue being your alternate get rid of the gold yellow and blue white and blue done just done what are you doing they've ugh. They actually make me mad. Like the the Rams overthought a little bit. We'll have to see what the the uniforms actually look like. But I I have my doubts. Um, no, it's, I think the that Falcons just screams. Have, no bias. They have the most to gain. I really do. I really think they could actually nail it if they do the simple smart thing. They can nail it. It it's a good color palette. That black, white, and red. That's that's always solid. It's a good color combination. They have a good logo, and they, you know they can. It depends on where they put everything, though. That's they've they've missed the mark just bit. Like every the last like three iterations of Falcons uniforms have all been like, oh, if they just would have done this or just wouldn't have done. It's usually a little too busy. That's what they've yes. been. They need to simplify a little. That's, That's what every team needs to do. Yes, I'm on the same page. No team like it benefits yes. from uh, like just doing a little too much. Like no 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 no. Oh, Go like, back. Every team you can just tell they hired these marketing firms, and it's like well we can't just tell them to do normal stuff. So we have to, you know, okay, we'll, we'll say, you know, like the Vikings number font. I love the new uniforms, except that like the whole, like, Oh, it's supposed to represent a Vikings ship sale or something. Is like that, that what it's, it is? Come on. That was what, yes. Oh gosh. I did a deep dive when they changed <laughs> uniforms. I, I, re, I, I was like an intrepid reporter on that. Like they were, they would like literally give out clues and stuff like that. And I was all over it. So yes, that was literally their explanation was the, it was supposed to represent a Viking sale. Otherwise, the uniforms are great. But it's little stuff like that, like the Rams, like the ocean logo thing. Yeah, just go back to the Eric Dickerson. Who was who was complaining about this? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, it, it's it is. It, just don't overthink it. Keep I swear, it, if they you know, ruin the just, Raiders uniforms, just, which might be my favorite NFL uniform, if they ruin it by just overthinking it, moving to Vegas, I will lose my shit because it's perfect. I oh, love the Raiders uniforms. If they incorporate anything that looks like the Las Vegas sign, that's just <laughs> an atrocity. Just keep it, just keep it silver and black. That's who they are. It's yeah. Don't mess with it. Back the fuck off, Sheldon Anderson. Um, I don't know if you. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to say that in this podcast for some reason. Um, <laughs> why not? Why not? Um, last thing, and then we'll go. Does Todd Gurley average 
more or less than 3.4 yards per carry for the Falcons this year for 650 yards and a very sad, disappointing end to his NFL career. Who else do you have in the backfield right now? Uh, Ito Smith, Quadri Allison. Yeah. Um, who am I forgetting? Who else do we have in the backfield? Why am I, am I, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Is that it? Because you got rid of both of the one-two punch, right? You got rid of... Um, Gosh, now I'm drawing like flipped off the roster. Why am but, I uh, forgetting who? Wait, Edo Smith, Quadri Allison. Oh, Hill. Brian it's been Hill. so long since we've had Spears or sports. Yes, it's okay. Brian but, Hill. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I guess he's gonna probably be the main back, and maybe he was more hurt than. I'll. Yeah, I mean, I'd have a hard time seeing him do a, a thousand yards, but I think over three point four isn't too ambitious. I'd give him. 3.8, 3.9 even, maybe. If he gets four, whatever. <laughs> yeah, if he gets four anything, then it's a, then sure, fine. Great season. But yeah. like, I, I just think it's going to be depressing as hell. Like we, the De- Steven Jackson stuff was depressing. This is going to be more depressing, I think. And it sucks because he's also I mean, the Georgia legend. Like they did this whole coming home thing. Right. And I just, I'm like, y'all did not watch Todd Gurley this past year. And he's been cooked for a year and a half now, almost like this is it's sad, but he has two knees that are just done. And I don't see how you fix that. Like he has arthritis in both of his knees. Like that's not something you fix. This is over. It it sucks, but it's over. Well, yeah. When, when the team that, uh, you, you know, that cut him, uh, signed him to a huge extension and that extension didn't even kick in. Right. He got cut. That's probably that's probably a red flag. It probably means they they thought they should probably move on from Gurley. I mean, what was it, like the second or third largest cap hit ever? Yeah, I guess or something like that. A dead cap just to get him cuttings. off the team. So just because they yeah, so that's probably a red flag. I I think he can be quasi productive, but man, when it when it leaves for and again, what's he twenty five, twenty six, something like that. But when it's when it's over for running back, it's usually freaking over. Right, and you'll get to experience that in like two years with Delvin Cook. Yes, after they give him a giant extension, and uh, yes, running backs—they matter. According they to matter when they're good, and then just <laughs> yes. don't pay them. The thing with running backs is just don't pay them after the first contract. Just don't like enjoy them and, while they're good, and then cut bait before it's too late. That's it. From your mouth to Rick Spielman's ears, but man, I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling the offseason is going Kyle to see Shanahan something like just that. Maybe made Raheem Mostert a Super Bowl, like, dark horse MVP candidate. He came in, just, we were like, oh, Raheem Mostert might be the guy that swings the Super Bowl for the 49ers. Raheem Mostert. It doesn't matter. What I know. are we doing? I know. Delvin Cook. I, I, I love Delvin Cook, and I think he's a wonderful player, but he missed... The, he missed half of his first two seasons in the NFL, and he got hurt at the end of this season too. It just you just can't, you just can't. No, but you I can't. feel like the Vikings are going to, and it's going to drive us bonkers. Yes, you, you have my blessing to lose your shit at Rick Spielman if he, he pays him. <laughs> I, I give you my blessing. All right, Eric Thompson. Right. Is there anything we should check out from you on DailyNorseman.com this week? Um, well, there should be some stuff. Hopefully, um, the whole, uh, virus thing with, uh, being a right, first grade then. teacher slash work at home and all that stuff. Um, so that's what it's a TVD, but hopefully we'll have some draft content coming up since that's, it's going on as planned and, uh, have a couple off season recaps, but, uh, there's other writers, uh, I know Warren Ludford and Ted Glover and Chris Gates have been knocking it out of the park with a lot of their coverage too. So always check out daily Norseman and my, my quick hit musings can always be found at Eric underscore J underscore Thompson on Twitter. All right, there we go. All right, man. Well, this was great. Glad we're able to catch up. Um, stay safe, my friend. And, uh, I will talk to you soon. You too. It was wonderful to have a one hour departure talking about crazy sports with everything else going around. So stay safe down there. All right. See you buddy. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you uh, to the wonderful guests for coming on today's show. Thank you uh, to my wonderful listeners for listening to today's episode. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, If you like today's episode, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple. It would be great. Um, It helps the show continue to grow, and I would very much appreciate it. Uh, You can also support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash chasethomaswriter. 
for as little as five dollars a month it helps the show keep the lights on so that would be a great help to me as well uh you can also follow me on twitter at chase underscore thomas you could go to chase podcast.com which has all of my stuff all my episodes ever um links to everything that you need um and all of my writing that uh i'm doing fairly often these days um on the nfl on nba on college football on pro wrestling i write about everything i write a lot um so go read me on that front so if you're not tired of listening to me you can also read me um so that's awesome but uh I think that's enough self-promotion from me for one episode. Uh, I hope you continue listening. That would be great. And uh, I will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks, guys. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.